Today's podcast is brought to you by Curios, Web3 tools for every creator and business. Curios helps to create NFTs for everyone by making it easy for anyone to buy, sell, and engage with NFTs with no blockchain or crypto knowledge required. Curios can help you with minting, fiat payments, custodial wallets, unlockable content, secondary marketplace, high-velocity auctions, ticketing access tokens, KYC fraud prevention, and more. For more information, go to Curios.com. That's C-U-R-I-O-S. Cryptocurrent is happy to announce the AgMe conference. Austin's going to make it. Our inaugural event will celebrate the vibrance of Austin's Web3 ecosystem by featuring a curated slate of panel conversations with the community's subject matter experts, promoting the local culture of innovation and setting a precedent for Web3 event accessibility by providing an in-person event. Join us at the Speakeasy venue on Congress Street for an amazing experience filled with networking, marketing, receive alpha, and enjoy the happy hour party to bring it all home. For more information, go to agmicon.com. That's A-G-M-I-C-O-N.com. Please get your tickets and we look forward to seeing you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a very special guest who's joining us actually at the Agme conference uh, that we have coming on later on in October of 2022. Uh, we have Greg, one of the co-founders at Curios. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be here. And I can say confidently that Austin is going to make it. We're an Austin-based company. So we're happy to be part of this, this organization too. Absolutely. Well, excited to learn more about everything that's going on over at Curios. But first, let's learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Absolutely. Yep. So I've been an engineer for about the last 10 years. And I started out focusing mainly in uh, robotics for large machinery and oil field. Quickly transitioned that into the more and more of a digital space. And ultimately, you will always find yourself being sucked into the vortex of Web3 because it's such an amazing space to be in. There's so much innovation happening. And um, there's so much high potential for revolutionizing the way that we do everything as everything goes more digital. So eventually transitioned all the way through to Web3. Um, founded Curios with uh, uh, my partner Grant um, er, January of 2021. And um, it's been a fantastic roller coaster ever since. We've got a lot of accomplishments under our belt. And uh, we're really proud of the platform that we stand up today. Excellent. Well, um, going into the software uh, development world and finding your way into Web3, it sounds like a pretty similar path to some of the other people who we've had on the show. But what was that really first introduction to crypto in, in the blockchain space? Um, for me, it was as an investor in Bitcoin. Um, I had, I actually even was, I consider myself being late to NFTs, sadly, because of uh, the maximalist mindset that can come with Bitcoin. You see the purity of Bitcoin, the purity of the blockchain, how it's well run. And then it can keep you away from other great and fantastic projects for a bit. Um, happily, it didn't take too long, so I was still able to enter the space. Um, I think it ends up being inevitable for people to come into NFTs in some sense because of uh, just their potential. And the digital world that we lead today, almost everything we do is digital, whether we like it or not, right? Our banks are digital. Our titles are digital. Um, you know, Our accounts with different organizations, they're all digital things that NFTs are really well poised to, to affect you know, in a positive way. So I think that um, inevitably everybody comes in, but mine started out as being a Bitcoin maximalist, um, invested in Bitcoin very heavily, 
And then that kind of opened up a lot of doors to then see into the how powerful it can be. Yeah, that, that's cool, man. Like I, I've, it's interesting. A lot of early developers who I met um, in this space st- kind of start out that way. Um, and either stick to their guns or eventually start to expand out. But when they expand out, they're the ones that typically go super all in on what it means to expand and and see the alt world. Um, so I am curious, man. So like you 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 you're you're now familiar with the space. You're like, all right, I wanna I wanna build something in this space. And y'all come up with you know Curios, the Web three tools for every creator in business. Tell us a little bit about that journey and and what is Curios and and, and why did you decide to to tackle uh, this particular challenge? Yeah, that's a great question, and thank you for asking that. So, so essentially, you know, coming from the Bitcoin world, um, I knew how to hold Bitcoin on a hardware wallet. I knew how to have my own wallets. I knew how to use exchanges and trade U.S. dollars into cryptocurrency and things like that, and go vice versa, right? So, I felt that I was a pretty well educated individual in crypto and how to use crypto and how to interact peer to peer and things like that. Um, I hear all the hype about NFTs. It, it happens, it happens. I miss punks. I miss some early investments that I really wish I was able to get in on, that my friends got in on, they recommended I go into. And then I finally decided to start entering the space. And it the the difficulty of interaction was so high, right? Um, like if you're trying to interact on Polygon, basically taking Ethereum-based Polygon from an exchange like Kraken and then bringing it over to Polygon-based Polygon and then interacting with a smart contract to get an NFT. That journey end to end was so complicated, even for somebody like me who considered themselves adept at the space. Like I, I entered it very confidently, knowing what I was going to do, and still came out of it floored with how difficult it was. I saw the potential for NFTs, but the interaction levels had so much barriers, right? And Ethereum was a little less barrier filled, right? With products like OpenSea and MetaMask, it, it became a little bit easier, but. Anytime you have to walk a new user through, you still realize just how difficult it is and just how scary it can be for a user to transfer something like $10,000 worth of Ethereum from an exchange that they're comfortable using to a MetaMask wallet that now they're holding the keys for and then connecting it to a website that they're not familiar with to then purchase a token that they can't necessarily see in their MetaMask. Like Those pieces all are pretty complicated. So that's a very roundabout way of saying that what Curio set out to do initially was just break down those barriers make it really easy for people to interact, both on the smart contract level for creating smart contracts and both on the consumer level for interacting with those smart contracts and holding and seeing your FTs and touching them, interacting with them and exploring the utility of that. So those were the two main missions that we focused on right away. We accomplished those pretty quickly out the gate and we saw some pretty fun successes from that. Um, one of the successes we saw was we powered... Um, the Tory Lane's album drop. He dropped an album called When It's Dark. Um, it sold a million copies in six days. He sold them for $1. And at that time, that was like um, when Ethereum was going on a gas rampage, right? It was August of 2021. So if he was to sell it for $1 on Ethereum and a user had to pay $30 in gas to buy that album, it'd be a bit of a non starter. And the reality was at that time, the gas was about $100, $200 plus. Right. So just because it's one dollar doesn't mean your total transaction is a dollar. And for an album paying two hundred dollars would be crazy. Paying forty dollars for an album would be crazy. Or you know, so anything like that. So basically we were like, okay, it's gotta be run on Polygon or a layer two like that. We ended up choosing Polygon. And then we had to break down those barriers I was discussing. So essentially what we did is we partnered up with Circle so we could take credit card payments 
So the users were able to connect their credit card, purchase the NFT with their credit card. If they weren't NFT savvy and had a MetaMask, they were able to, we, we spun up a wallet per email address registered on the site. So they could just come in, interact like they would for any e-commerce transaction, still own the token, still be able to stream the music because they own the token, be able to resell it, all those pieces with being complete Web3 novices, right? So his fan base was not a fan base that necessarily was Web3 savvy, especially at that time. So we were able to onboard all of his fan base and he sold out like incredibly fast. I mean, I think he sold like in the first day, he probably sold 500,000 copies of his album. And then by the end of the sixth day, he hit the million mark, technically went platinum, right? And he is one of, uh, since 2014, he is the only platinum artist to go platinum via sales. So in 2015, the RIAA had to change their rules to incorporate streams because nobody was buying albums anymore. So out of nowhere, Tory Lanez was able to bring back the actual sale of music, you know, which we haven't seen since 2014, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's really it's, exciting time. It's extremely exciting. And what's really more exciting is that I, I covered news around that and had no idea they all were the underlying company that helped put that together. So that's really amazing and it comes back full circle. And all the points that you just brought up, how you were able to take something that essentially almost was killed back to the forefront, like album sales and, and being able to make something platinum, be able to do that in six days and literally be able to show where all the sales came from. Because even back when uh, people were trying to prove things went platinum or double platinum, or whatever, they could do it to a certain point, but they couldn't really show each of those transactions. Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all of the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join cryptocurrency Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yes, exactly. Like we knew where exactly every dollar came from, from which user and things like that, which is pretty, pretty crazy to do too. And it's also nice for the consumers to know where the money went. Like the money went to the creator, you know? So, you know, this day and age, if I buy an album somewhere else, I can pretty much assume that the creator gets zero of those dollars. You know, if I buy it on Apple Music or wherever people purchase albums, we, we, like, we all know that they don't get any money. So it's kind of nice to know that the artists are getting paid again. And that's really one of our missions is to make sure creators can, can get rewarded for creating their content, right? If they have something that people want and they're willing to pay for, they should be the ones that receive the funds, you know? So. Oh, oh, absolutely. And, and again, that is a really awesome use case just straight out the gates that I think a lot of people who are in, in the Web3 space can immediately 
um, think think about and and can definitely understand what y'all are doing. But y'all also are collaborating with a lot of other uh, companies. Uh, like you said, you're kind of the white label in the background, kind of making everything happen. What are some of the other um, types of companies and businesses that you've been working with to help bring the Web3 space into a more easily digestible um, forefront? Yeah, that's uh, thanks for asking that too. I mean, because like we we do like to to be the background company, so we want to power, you know, all of the interactions. We make deploying smart contracts easy. We make tracking sales easy, so that you don't have to be um, a developer or somebody deeply ingrained in Web three and know how to use these blockchain explorers to like a, a high level. Um, to that point, though, by being the background person, oftentimes a lot of companies don't necessarily want us to disclose that we have a relationship with them. We have some companies that we can. So um, CoinZoom, they're uh, a decentralized exchange that that we run a lot of their Web3 solutions through. Um, Triller, which is one of the social media um, kind of TikTok competitors, they do a lot of amazing stuff. Um, we've, we've powered all of their NFT transactions. Um, trying to think of other ones that want us to, that are comfortable with us broadcasting that we have a relationship. We have a cool opportunity in real estate. That's um, coming up out of Houston, where it's going to be a bar that um, the they're going to sell membership tokens, where a membership token gets you um, annual profit distributions from the bar, which is going to be really exciting. So if the bar is profitable, they split that money out through a DAO that then goes to individual users. And essentially, the DAO is just a decentralized LLC. So by owning an NFT, which you can purchase with a credit card via your email address, you don't have to be like Web3 savvy. You basically can get a percentage ownership of a bar and um, get the distributions that follow, which we think is pretty fun. And it's gonna, we want that to open the doors for like real life community engagement, where you can like take part in the businesses that you that you spend money at, right? Um, so that's a great organization. That one's called the Powder Keg. Um, that's one that we can discuss. And there are several others, but um, again, not sure if they really want to know that their Web3 solution is backed by us or not. Yeah, no worries. And and shout out to the Pirate Keg. Uh, George is actually going to be at Agme. He's going to be speaking on one of the panels as well. So for whoever's joining us over there, uh, get ready for a really cool conversation there. Um, But you know what's really interesting, and and I keep pulling back the more I look into the the curios, it's just how easy y'all are making a lot of these different types of transactions just usable. So on there, you know, you, you talk about being able to mint, doing, you know, fiat, uh, custodial wallets, um, being able to do ticketing. Talk us through, like, if someone's listening to this right now, and they're like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for someone to kind of help me. I have this vision of something I want to bring into the Web3 space, but don't really have the technical background and expertise to do that. Curios potentially could be a good partnership. Walk us through like who are the types of companies that can come and work with y'all. Yes, yeah, and this is um, this is going to be a bit more loaded of a question than you might have thought from the start because we have the companies that we've cur- ex- like worked with to date, and then we have kind of the roadmap of where we want to be. Right. So to date, we power basically any organization that wants to incorporate some level of Web three and blockchain. Right. So say that you represent creators or you're a creator yourself, and you want to bring your collection to Web3 and have people be able to own it as an NFT or something like that. Or a gaming company, if you want seamless transactions within game, right? If I trade with you in game, to have that actually be happening on chain in the background as well, right? So those are those are great organizations where anybody looking into the space that doesn't want to 
um, have to take on the technical burden, we take that technical burden on. Um, and how it would really, how it basically looks is when you go to our website, you can launch um, our backend tools for free. And then from there, you can deploy smart contracts just by filling out form fields, clicking through buttons. You can pay in fiat, right? So if you want to deploy a, a Avalanche smart contract, which is kind of a harder blockchain to like get into initially, you can do it with your credit card. We then take those funds, we convert it to AVAX, we then power that smart contract through the blockchain, all in the background so that you can kind of confidently move forward with your smart contract solutions without having to be an expert. That's largely the kind of companies, the kind of portfolios that we brought on in the past and the kind of things we've been looking to empower. We are moving towards individual, empowering individual creators. So we raised money. Um, I believe it was, I think we completed our raise a couple months ago. And we're going to use those funds to bring our tools to everybody, like open access to these tools. So where we're trying to go is anybody who has any idea of what they want to do, like say that you're an individual musician or you're an author and you have an ebook and you want to publish that ebook as an NFT so that people who purchase the NFT can read the book. Once they read the book, they can give it to their brother or sister or sell it on a secondary marketplace, that sort of thing. We want to bring those tools to individual creators so they can be empowered to sell direct to their audiences, right? With the powerful tools that NFTs are. So very shortly, our website is... We're undergoing a complete overhaul right now to where those tools that are typically on a back-end platform will then be available on a front-end platform. So they can then just kind of walk through the tools, like what they want to do, set up their smart contracts. And then they're able to also like look, feel, and touch those smart contracts, right? They can airdrop tokens, they can mint tokens, they can see who's minted, um, basically providing them an insight into what, what they've done. Because right now, when you deploy a smart contract, you, you deploy it on the blockchain, and then it's like, it exists on your address on the blockchain, but you can't necessarily like see the contract, you can't see what it does, you have to then programmatically deploy things. This opens those gates to where non-technical users, especially creators, can focus on doing what they do best, right? Whether you're an author, musician, artists, you can focus on your art, knowing the technical components are able to be handled by you using Curio's platform. So that's what we're most excited about. We're really excited to kind of bring those tools to the forefront and let um, the the mission would be to let creators be empowered to keep creating. We think it'll be a better world where artists are able to produce the art that they want to make. They don't have to necessarily produce the art that like these giant studios want them to. I mean, we see it with movies where movies are all the same, they're remakes or they're sequels, you know, and it's just like kind of the same rubric because they don't want to take risk. This would allow people to be, you know, either pre-funded or be able to sell direct and pay for future future projects and things. We think it'll be a more creative world, a more fun world to be a consumer in if creators start getting paid again. So that's sure. one of our main missions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I think that's a really cool uh, directive direction to be going. And I know that I'm curious uh, to be able to go on and, and and check out how to be able to set up some of those things. Because I could see a ton of use cases just with some of the different areas uh, that I would want to... Or ideas that I've had around you know NFT creation and being able to potentially go in a place where I can drag and drop and have everything there. Because one of the biggest hindrances in getting into the NFT space is the amount of technical 
debt that kind of goes around it or you need someone who has that kind of expertise. And usually when you go to a third party and, and hire out their team, it, it can be pretty costly. But then after the initial launch of it, you then need to keep them around so that they can continue to work and, and do all the things you want. Whereas if you just had the tools in place that you could go and do, um, the kind of the, 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 the way I look at it is for, for some people who build websites that you can like go and hard code it, or you have things like WordPress and Wix and whatever, where you can go in and do certain actions. And now you can manipulate and go update and do whatever you need to uh, by just having a little bit of, of technical um, experience and, and, and knowing how to use those tools. That, that's exactly it. And it's exactly that. Because also, like if, you're, if your first project isn't a smashing success, you won't be able to afford to continue to employ those smart contract developers or the team or the organization you ended up working with. So you become stuck where you have to keep servicing your, your initial community, but you kind of can't. It becomes kind of a dilemma and it becomes a difficult thing. Um, and yeah, we just want to empower people in Web3. It's just like go to town and build, basically. And um, the, the way we raised funds helps enable that too. So we raised funds um, as a Reg CF. So we were able to, we were able to crowdfund our, um, our seed round, which opens our doors even further, right? So the community provided the funds for us to make these tools possible. So we are indebted to the community delivered to the community, which is nice, as opposed to, say, VC funds coming in where they have different objectives than community creators do, right? So we're able to um, operate in a much um, freer sense and in a much uh, stronger way for creators, we think, than um, you know if we were to have taken VC money for the seed round. So we're really excited with what what we have and what we're going to bring out to the forefront for everybody to use. Oh, um, it's going to be pretty fun. Well, that's yeah. excellent. And I know you'll have a, a really cool roadmap. For, for those who are listening, you want to go to curios.com. That's C-U-R-I-O-S.com for more info. But what are other ways that people can learn more about what y'all have going on and be able to uh, connect with you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just reach out, reach out directly. So Greg at curios.com. Feel free to send an email. Um, I have gotten a lot better at answering emails. During our first build phases, we were um, really heads down. And uh, I dropped the ball a lot on email, but gotten a lot better at that. So that's an easy way. Um, I actually just started a Twitter account um, for Greg at Curios. So we're going to start posting more information there. Curios has a Twitter account where we post a lot of corporate information. Um, so updates from Curios will largely come from our Curios Twitter account, which is just curios.com, D-O-T. C-O-M. And then um, Greg at Curios, or sorry, at Greg, at Curios Greg, sorry, is the other Twitter account where I'll be posting a lot more, um, we can call it opinionated content on where I think Web3 should be going and who's doing it well and tools that we're incorporating and employing with Curios, things like that. So excellent. Well, to, and, and, and on that, uh, I actually want to go in that direction. There's two places kind of before we, we, we got on the show that I know that you're really passionate about. I want to spend some time there just for a second. Um, and that's gaming and, and, and fractionalized, basically, securities. Um, so I'll let you decide which one you want to start with, but let's let's dive into both of those. Let's start with the securities because it's it's a complicated issue and it's um, it's one that's plagued the space. So currently, there's been all kinds of Web3 projects that have launched and we can kind of call them, like I call them roadmap NFTs, where you buy into a community you'll buy into a Discord and there'll be a lot of promises. It'll be like big things are coming. You're part of the team. You're part of the organization, things like that. Like you're a member. But then when push comes to shove, 
those community members don't actually own the company, the underlying holding company that the funds went to that's responsible for executing executing a roadmap, right? So then it becomes very similar to um, a Web2 sort of structure where you have an overarching company. They're trying to deliver value to their users, but their users might not think that what they're delivering is valuable or you know whatever else. There's a little bit of a disconnect. And one of the main reasons that there is that disconnect is you can't actually offer equity as an NFT to date unless you have certain vehicles that are SEC approved to do so. So um, there are SEC vehicles that are sanctioned to allow for alternate securities um, or for crowdfunding, which is that Reg CF, same way that we raised funds for Curios, um, where you get SEC blessing to deliver equity as a token, right? So we're going to try and bring that into the space in a better way. The powder keg is a good example of how we're going to do that. So essentially, any business can offer equity um, or dividend or something of value as a security to NFT holders, which will then kind of solve that disconnect, right? You provide money to an organization for that organization to, to create a roadmap. That organization then is literally building for your equity, which we think is going to be um, a strong thing for businesses moving forward. Right. From either a fundraising perspective, you're doing it kind of for fundraising a future roadmap or for um, community based things like like the powder keg bar, where the place that you go and eat and drink at, you are actively sharing an ownership role without having to be, you know, some real estate mogul that's part of a giant LLC. You know, the doors can open up more towards regular individuals to um, invest in the things that they do and that they love. So that's what we're most excited about from our roadmap. We want to break down that major hurdle um, for businesses to enter Web3. Um, the gaming side is equally exciting. A lot of times games are you know, one directional. You pay money to a game. The game delivers you a fun experience, but that's the end of it, right? You could get a bunch of achievements. You could unlock certain areas of a game. You could have uh, really cool inventory items that you win playing the game, but they just kind of stop there. Like it makes the gameplay more fun, but there's not necessarily value to playing. Um, previously, there were several games that did have value, right? Like uh, Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards. There were rare cards that you would purchase physical cards of that were worth money that you could then resell on eBay and places like that or sell or trade direct with individuals. And then that kind of went away as things got more and more digitized. So Web3 is allowing that to come back, where the actual in-game asset can be an NFT. The users can interact with each other with things of value. They could resell them on secondary marketplaces off-site. They could sell them on on game or in-game. They can trade them. Um, those kind of spaces we think are going to make gaming a lot more fun too, right? Where the individuals playing the game can reap rewards from playing, as opposed to just the corporations that are running those games, right? So we're really excited about those those two major verticals. We think that we're pretty confident that NFTs will play a role in everybody's life in the near future for ownership as things are digital and go increasingly digital. It's just, um, it's, it's where it's all going to go. Like inevitably it will all go on the blockchain as NFTs or tokens of some format. So we at Curios are just trying to escalate that, um, by breaking down barriers and bringing people on and giving the advantages to the people that, that matter, the consumers and the creators, those are the individuals that matter in these relationships. And we want to make sure that those are the people that are empowered and that are rewarded for doing so. Right. So 
I mean, I think those are two really cool areas just to kind of recap on those. First on the real estate piece, something that you brought up that I thought was really interesting. And I, I think still a, a big role of this is, you know, the SEC and like regulation doesn't mean that it's inherently bad. By having clear guidelines and by saying like, oh, you can legally do this thing that actually opens the floodgates for more people to jump all into it. Because a lot of a lot of people are hesitant just because they don't really know how all this is going to shake out. But as soon as the rules are clear, it's now providing access for a lot more people. And that was the next thing I was going to bring up, which is access. Your everyday person can't necessarily go and invest in some of these big real estate projects. But now if you have a friend or whomever and they're like, hey, you can get into this project through an NFT or through a DAO, it's going to be X amount. And they're like, wow, how much would this cost if I tried to do this? Otherwise, you'd be like, oh, it'd be like add two zeros behind it. It just, it's... It's just really giving people opportunities that they regularly wouldn't have, but then also has the utility of them going to. Like, how many people have their bar around the corner that they go to every other weekend or want to be able to throw an event or whatever? And they they're a great patron, but they can't, they don't own any piece of it. Now you can keep doing that and have ownership and potentially have residual income from it. Like that's so powerful that just didn't exist before. Yes, exactly. And you, the way you recap that is perfect. Because I mean, that's exactly what we want to do is we want to open those floodgates so that people can own the way that our 1% currently does own, right? I mean, basically, it is restrictive for a reason because currently, um, accredited investors get first access. So they want that first access, right? And then it makes it to the public sphere once it goes um, as an IPO. And by that point in time, the initial investors, they've reaped all the rewards of it, right? So you're you're really going to be kind of like scrambling for pennies at that point. Whereas in the initial phase, that's where that's where there's value. And especially at the community level. If, if you live in a neighborhood that doesn't have a restaurant and a restaurant opens up that then is community owned, I mean, the potential there is incredible. It's going to be a community space that everyone goes to and enjoys and loves because they own it, right? I mean, it's a different, different interaction, different game, which was, is really fun. So that's the stuff that keeps us highly motivated um, you know, and keeps us excited about what we're doing. Definitely. And then just even going back to to recap the gaming piece and and the the statement you made that NFTs are inevitable in the the future. Absolutely. There's there hasn't been a place in recorded history where you can now get residual income on things that you have already doing. And it's just on in in the digital space and being able to both identify yourselves to have like an online identity, but then to have ownership and be making money based on that as it as you follow into different ecosystems, different metaverses uh, into the into the future. There's a reason why you know the fashion industry, like New York Fashion Week, had a ton of NFTs in it. You have all of these big major brands starting to to make collaborations with NFTs, artists that are getting into it, etc. Like like you just said, it's it's inevitable. And even from a gaming standpoint, NFTs make perfect sense. Like you said, with with people working really hard, like with a certain tool or whatever it is. And then like, let's say they're done with that game and they just want to be able to sell it. You couldn't even do that before. Now you can. And now you're opening up a whole other economy of value that you're creating for people who want to come in and have that type of experience. And the gaming industry is one of the largest growing industries, period. So um, there's a ton of synergies on on what you're all working with. And I know you're excited about it. I mean, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what, what comes of it. Yeah, us, us for sure. I mean, yeah. And then the other thing is like, you know, Curios, we 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 were founded on making those barriers easy to en- easy entry. And as a result, it's positioned us really well to grow into these other two verticals, right? 
I mean, in game, you don't want to be like busting out your hardware wallet and then connecting it and signing a transaction like every time you pick up an item, you know? Um, so you want those things to be programmatic. You want them to be running in the background. You want them on chain so that you have the value associated with it, but you don't want to be interacting in that kind of sense. Same with the real estate. A lot of people that want to own the pizza place going in next door, they don't necessarily want to have to figure out like what is Ethereum before they do that. You know, they just want to like buy a piece of ownership and then just know that it's trackable. They can research, they can dive in deeper from that point, and everything comes out like in a much better sense, right? They can see on the blockchain what percent they own and who owns everything else, which is like it's it's kind of it's pretty new for ownership of of assets, which we think is really fun too. So, I mean, the world's ready. Um, it's just a matter of getting it to the world. That's what we think. Definitely, and I think NFTs are the gateway drug to mass adoption for all of Web three. So you're you're also working in that space too. So I think it's really cool. I think y'all are are, are working on the right things. I think it's awesome. Just want to wrap up with a, a couple of fun questions. I always like to end with one is um. With all the information that you've been able to garner while being in this space over the last two years, if you could go impart one or two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first started, what would you tell yourself? Oh my gosh. When we first started, it was so crazy. <laughs> um, I would say that the, the first major hurdle we came through was um, email-based wallets. And I would say... I mean, I guess we accomplished that hurdle. So that one's tough. I would say my, my big piece of advice would be like, do that. Because that was super important for the Tory Lanez drop for making sure people could come on um, come on directly. Um, I Actually, okay. I would say that we just need to focus on... There's one tool we have, which is unlockable content, which basically means only NFT holders can access certain pieces of content. I would say, I would tell myself basically like, that's the line. Like always walk that line. Because we had a lot of other customers come on in the beginning that ended up like not deploying and not really working out like as organizations. And they took a lot of time away from where we are now. And I think that if we were able to have the foresight to like just stay on our current path and as opposed to be like pulled in all those directions initially, we would have uh, gotten to where we are faster and we'd be kind of closer to the vision, which would be nice. So. It's always hard to say. I try to no. live without regret. So no, those are, those are two good nuggets, though. And I think for, for you know a lot of the builders that are out there, they can definitely take that away and 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 think through for for what some of the things that they're building. So definitely appreciate that. But as we wrap up here, man, um, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners? And it can be about anything. Oh my gosh, um, a final thought is to to dive dive into the space. There's a lot of ways where you can interact for extremely low amounts of crypto, right? I mean, there are there are um, DAOs and organizations that are pretty cheap. And the more that you the more that you get into the decentralized world, the more that world gives back to you, right? Where going from Bitcoin maximalism to NFT to being members of DAOs and things like that and seeing this world. And then now going back to like regular banking and trying to do a bank wire or like realizing that my money in my bank is like it's like it's pretty much non-existent. It's zero fractional reserve. It then now becomes crazy. Like the reality that we live in is crazy as opposed to like what can be. So my advice for everybody is to dive in in some way. Um, if you're completely new, basically go to an exchange, buy a little bit of a cryptocurrency, just like go through that transaction, that interaction, 
And then at that point, you'll have a little bit of a vested interest and that will then kind of grow into how you enter the space. Um, I think everybody will be rewarded from owning their own assets, right? Having direct ownership and bearer ownership of their assets. And I think that the world will be a better place if people start doing so. So I think that's that'd be like, my advice to everybody. I think that's a great final thought, man. Uh, get involved, find a way, uh, get some vested interest and and learn from there. Because this is industry is still young. It's still nascent. It's still growing. And um, now's the time to be learning, especially during these bear markets. Now's the time to really double down on your learning. So once we get on the other side of it, you can be ready to 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 be a part of of that next uh, gaining um, opportunity. But Greg, thank you so much for spending time with us again. Yeah, man, I've had uh, a lot of fun. Got a lot of great information. Um, reminder for everyone listening: make sure you go check out Curios. That's Curios. That's C U R I O S dot com. Um, follow their Twitters. Get involved with the community. And uh, as always, for everyone listening, stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that well-versed because of how entertaining the whole show is. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date on the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com.